In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... one person. Coming in from China. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will. We're going to all be great. We're going to be so good. This is a pandemic. The Betches Sup Podcast. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Hello and welcome to the Sup Daily CoronaCast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And the CoronaCast is your daily rundown of all the latest news on COVID 19, how we're getting through it, and just how close we are to ending this crisis. Let's get into it. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday. May the 4th be with you, as they say. Oh, oh, it is. It is. I'm very excited about this, actually, because today they put the um, the last, the most recent Star Wars on Disney Plus because it's May the 4th. And now you can watch the entire Skywalker saga. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to tell Mike mm-hmm. that. I bought I bought Disney Plus just for the month because I figured we could like watch everything that we wanted to watch in a month mm-hmm. and then be done. I I I'm like a big sucker for you know like feel like like cartoon like Disney movies mm-hmm. like and stuff. I did start watching Dumbo over the weekend, the new live action one. It is, it is such a sad movie. I like. Yeah. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Really? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I. What else did you watch this weekend? Uh, what else did we watch? So I all caught up on Mrs. America. Me too. Me too. Obsessed. I love it. I mean, how is that not, how is everyone not talking about it? I don't know. You know, I was telling Sammy that originally when I started it, I didn't think I was going to like it because I thought they were going to be bottleneck episodes because they're all labeled after a person at the beginning, like Phyllis Schlafly, Gloria Steinem, Ready for Dan. Um, But it is all like an interweaving story. And then I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. The music is amazing. The costumes are amazing. The costumes, yes. The casting, like, holy shit. The casting. like Sarah Paulson, Elizabeth Banks, Kate Blanchett, obviously. Um, you know, who else? Uh, Rose Byrne, Tracy Ullman. It's insane. It is. It's very, very, very good and fun to watch. And like, it also definitely has like a sense of humor about what it is and it will make sort of, um, if, if you haven't heard of it, which is, I feel like I hadn't heard of it either. Even it's like precisely my intersection. It's just uh, about sort of the second wave feminist movement around the uh, equal rights amendment. And you know, there are parts that are hard to watch because they're like, Oh, it's okay. We have seven years to get this done. It's okay. If you know, we'll get Illinois eventually. And, um, it's sort of uh, timely because this year we know that Virginia finally became the 30th state after dozens and dozens of years to ratify, but it was way after the deadline. So, um, that was a story that we were hearing a lot about before this and now this pandemic and now it's sort of receded, but I know like the sub team loves Mrs. America. If you guys want us to do a recap episode, let us know because we are interested in doing that. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can even just talk about like the history, the his- history aspect of it too. Yeah, exactly. Um, should I get? Should we start? Should we get into it? Let's do it. What are the headlines today? Okay, so today is May fourth, as we've established. Um, the reported death toll for COVID nineteen in the U.S. has now surpassed sixty eight thousand. Uh, this means we've officially exceeded the projected death toll modelers thought it might take us until August to reach. For those who don't know. Again, today is May 4th, and we have reached, what, 
we were looking to get by August. Uh, so during a Fox News town hall this weekend, Trump acknowledged the projections had changed and said that the U.S. could lose 80,000 to 90,000 people to the disease. Clearly, I don't know why people keep making projections because they have not, one has been correct. And you know what I mean? Like, let's just like see what happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yet dozens of states have reopened and there is no White House coronavirus task force meeting today. I just got a, a ping on my phone right before we started that said that the, the Trump administration expects the death toll to double before June 1st. What? Yeah, probably. I'm sure that's sort of, well, I think we've talked about on the podcast a couple times how like the um, suspected deaths, because just like the rate of death in this country is like much higher than a normal period. And the number of people, like the yes. reported COVID deaths does not fill in that gap fully. So yeah, I wonder if that's that, probably what it is. Yeah, there was that New York Times article that was basically like, basically just, just to reiterate what you said. It was like, um, you know, per a normal death rate at this time, like last year, there is a spike of the death rate that aren't accounted for. So you just like assume that it's, Right, with a pandemic raging, right? Especially because this virus I was reading this morning has like just such a crazy effect and they still don't know why on just the processes of the entire body. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. some people die from respiratory problems, but it also seems to cause blood clotting or just the the getting sick with COVID-19 is very, very dangerous. And so like the full scope of how many people died because they got this virus, whether it was because it you know, they had troubles with their heart or it was like some other organ that failed because they were fighting this is, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that could double by June. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. There was, on top of all this, a lot of news that just pissed us off over the weekend. So we're going to rant about it because, you know, there's, I, I've been saying this before, there is a constant underlying current of rage that I feel and it is very easily tapped into. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll be tapping into it. Right. And I, I, exactly. I know Brian says this a lot and I'm usually a bit like, I'm always very angry, but I try to sort of stay on like the information sort of mm-hmm. current of things. And that can keep me from getting too furious all the time. But like this morning I was just catching up. Um, cause I spent all day watching the Sopranos 
and was just like, Brian, I'm so angry. Let's just talk about how angry I are and the things we're (laughs) fucking furious about today. So to start, people are not socially distancing still. Um, We uh, try not to be too New York centric on this podcast, but it is the epicenter of the epicenter of the global outbreak and where we live. And uh, there were some serious issues going on with social distancing uh, in this here town over the weekend. It was a beautiful weekend. It was 70 degrees. Um, This tempted urban dwellers to spend some time outside after more than six weeks of quarantine, depending on when you started. Um, I know know our last day in the Betches office was uh, March 11th, and since Mm -hmm. then I have not really left the house very much. Yeah. Um, People were out. They were out. They... I know, you know, a lot of other states have opened, and I guess people took that as like a cue that they could just go out. Um, um, Over the weekend, you might have seen some viral images of New Yorkers congregating in parks um, with quite a lot of density. It looked like it was just another, you know, early spring day, and it was very shocking. I mean, I had a hard time believing that that they were real because literally not one person I could see in some of these photos were wearing a mask. Um... And, but, you know, looking at more pictures and thinking about it more, it's just not that hard to believe that that would be happening. Um, And a lot of the reason that these pictures were sort of being handed around is because there was a real contrast in how social distancing was being enforced in this city. And that's something that's also making us very angry today. Um, You know, I saw some pictures of just cops gently handing masks to groups of small groups of white people in Central Park, just like, have fun, kids, just wear a mask. Um, But it wasn't the same in all parts of the city. Um, And it varied tremendously based on the color of your skin, it seems. In the East Village, um, there was a really, really violent scenario involving a police officer. Uh, A video shows an officer who, I believe, it seemed like he was off-duty, but he was armed, um, wrestling a 33-year-old New Yorker to the sidewalk, throwing him, punching him. The video is very disturbing. It's really what you would expect from a brutal police encounter. Um, The person who was attacked, his name is Donnie Wright. It seemed like he was just sort of watching cops break up some social distancing in the East Village. Um, And the the NYPD is claiming that that officer believes that this man who was attacked took a fighting stance, but there's no evidence in the video that that happened. He wasn't even um, one of the people that was being confronted. He was just sort of around. And yeah, beaten beaten to the ground. I mean- what is the ground? What the fuck is a fighting stance? You know what I mean? Like, right. does that mean like he like put his fists up like in Rocky? Like, I was no, literally thinking you know, the only time you hear that is when you're talking about like leaning in, you know, like exactly. have a power stance. Like that's well, the only time I've heard it. It's infuriating, you know, because there's all these like those images of protesters, you know, at the state house, like in the police officers' faces screaming, and it's like. How is that not a fucking fighting stance? With weapons. With oh weapons. God. Assault rifles. It's insane. It is, it's, like, so evident that, you know, there is such... It's there crazy. Needs, there need, like, I know, like, there needs to be harsher... Like, this is, like, I don't know. I, like, police officers yeah. are in a position of power, and when they just beat people like this... It's not like a equal, like, harassment violence. Well, they have no legitimate law enforcement power when they do that. Yeah, and it, they're just, like, there clearly just needs to be strong repercussions for all of these instances, even yeah, though yeah. it most usually is not. Just to there deter isn't. people, just to make police officers scared because to, like, do that, because, like, if they're not, even if they are racist, they'll be scared to go to jail. That's so, a good point. Police officers need to be as scared of being canceled as the rest of us. Yeah. But, yeah, and this was not, this East Village incident was not the... Mm. 
or attack, I don't want to call it an incident, was not the only one. There were pictures of um, just police really intervening very violently um, in lots of communities of color around the country and around the city. Um, and it was just, yeah, you can't even like, you can't make even, you can't make a parody. You can't even make a parody of what was happening. Like it is a parody. Like the pictures of, of, of people being handed masks and just being completely ignored who are congregating and sitting next to each other and just people being approached unprovoked uh, and basically engaged by police officers, even though they, they weren't doing anything. Bill de Blasio did, Mayor Bill de Blasio uh, did tweet afterwards after seeing the video that he was disturbed by it and that he was asking for a full investigation. That's good. And that is apparently what's happening. That officer um, is being investigated and has been uh, suspended. Thank God. Um, yeah. I don't know how a person like that makes it onto the force and, and has been on it for so long. But I mean, the pictures that made everybody very upset were just the very large groups of people congregating because a reminder that almost 14,000 New Yorkers have died. 14,000. I wanted to try to like figure out how to visually represent this. So I looked up how many windows are in the Empire State Building. There are mm -hmm. 6,500 windows in the Empire State Building. Mm -hmm. So it's as if two people are peering out of every window of the Empire State Building. That's how many more people than that have died. And then That's you have people who like can't not go to Trader Joe's and get their Twee picnic supplies and go to the park. I'm furious. It's for some, for some reason, it is hard for people to comprehend the fact that 66,000 people have died. Like, I don't understand where that, like, maybe if everyone had died at one, in mm -hmm. one single action in one swift day, because it's been a snowball effect, but it's just wild that people aren't, that like, especially in New York, where like you said, 40,000 people have died, that people still feel comfortable just like saying, fuck it. It's like, because, you know, if you look at, you know, we all talk about like um, flattening the curve. We are not yet on that downward curve. We have plateaued. Yeah. So it's like people are, thousands of people are still dying every single day. Yeah. We have not we have not fixed it yet. <laughs> so it's like, I, I'm thinking of like, okay, so we're basically in the same, we're, we're going to like be in a similar place to where we were four weeks ago in four weeks. That's still a lot. That's still totally. a lot of people dying. And so it's like, um, how can, and how, just like, please stop. I want to do, I want to have a summer. I want to go places. Right. Just, exactly. I'm just like, I, that's what makes me so furious is like I've been fucking social distancing for seven, eight weeks now. And these ass hats are just like out and about getting a fucking tan. I don't know. It's like, what's the point of, what was the point of these past few weeks for everyone to be sit, staying inside right. to fuck it all up? It also feels too, like a betrayal. It's like, we're all in our houses at 7 PM clapping for the healthcare workers. I thought we were all in this <laughs> together and now you're all tanning. <laughs> I know. It's like at least put a mask on. You know what I mean? If everyone in that in that picture was wearing masks, I would feel less mm -hmm. affronted. Yes, agree. But like all you also said, it's like, you know, we were talking about this earlier. It's like, you know, it's the big groups of people. If you if you are congregated with a big group of people around you, maybe be like, let's just keep walking. You know what I mean? Like I understand right. like I'm gonna take my shirt off and walk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just do that. Anyways, right. Okay. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we were like, we were going to meet up with friends of ours that live close over the weekend that we can meet up with because we're walking distance and we walk our dogs far apart. And then like another pair of friends wanted to come. And I was like, I don't think we can walk. I don't want to walk in a large group. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Bubble is still tiny for now.
So who else is making us angry? The Senate. The Senate is making us angry for multiple reasons and more than usual. First, it is returning to an in-person session today for the first time in five weeks. Mitch Mitch McConnell justified gathering a group of largely elderly people by comparing himself to an essential worker. Uh, Technically, the mayor of D.C. said that members of Congress and their staffs are essential workers who do not have to adhere to the district's stay-at-home order. Um, Washington, D.C. has the highest recent growth rate in coronavirus cases among the nation's 10 largest metro areas. And the average age of senators in the 116th Congress is 63. So in the, the range of of people that are highly affected by the coronavirus. Remember Rand Paul? Mm-hmm. He had it. <laughs> Remember, it's just not, also, it's not just the 100 senators who have to come back to the Hill. It's their staff, support workers for the facilities, etc. So, uh, yeah, Trump and Health Department apparently offered the Senate and House 1,000 coronavirus tests they turned them down, saying they should be saved for essential workers. Um, I mean, it's interesting that McConnell calls himself an essential worker. I don't know. The House of Representatives has actually decided not to meet this week after consulting with Congress's physician, which seems like a smart choice, given that they have hundreds more members in the Senate. Yeah. Uh, As you were saying that, I feel like I would be willing to accept that senators were essential workers if they started doing some essential work, but I don't think that's what they're planning to do this week. No, it seems like they are basically just looking to um, consider presidential appointments. uh, And these include votes, judges, including an attempt, uh, votes on judges, excuse me, and including an attempt to appoint McConnell's ultra conservative, conservative protege, 37-year-old Justin Walker to the bench. They're also going to try to jam through John Radcliffe as the director of national intelligence. Trump already tried to appoint him once, and even GOP senators said he didn't have enough experience. I guess this is just, we'll try again when no one's looking. I mean, yeah, they could be doing so much shit, you know, like, and that's like, we wouldn't be paying attention to it, which I guess is what they're trying to do. Um, like, for example, not having a presidential primary in New York, which still blows my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we've talked about that, but yeah, you know, the presidential nominees are off the primary for New York. Anyways, you would think that New Yorkers and the biggest metropolitan area in the United States would get a say in who the Democratic nominee is. But alas, I'm furious about other things. Um... So some senators have objected to McConnell's reopening of their workplace with Democrats in particular, noting that if they are going to convene to discuss anything, it should be coronavirus relief. Yeah. So with 30 million Americans out of work and states still struggling to pay for the cost of the pandemic and keep their own employees on payroll, clearly this can't be the end of federal support. After the weekend, um, what's going on with more stimulus? The White House economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, basically was like, let's just see how this goes. Um, But obviously... It's not going great. It's not enough. The small business loans are basically depleted again. People are struggling to get unemployment. Um, there has been another wave of layoffs. You know, as this goes on even longer, businesses that seemed like they could sustain some sort of business at the beginning can no longer. Um, but these talks are stalled, and there doesn't seem to be any effort um, on Senate Republicans' behalf 
to support states and localities that basically need funding to keep paying people like nurses and teachers and first responders and other people um, on their payroll. But Mitch McConnell is refusing to offer that relief. Um, he basically is saying he's not really going to consider anything until the Senate agrees to relieve businesses who do reopen of liability if their workers get sick. Um, so this sort of relates to last week we heard about President Trump um, issuing an executive order to potentially use the Defense Production Act to force meat processing plants to reopen. And he kept referencing liability a couple times. Um, so basically what Republicans want to do is make it so that companies can reopen and force employees to go. And if they get sick at work, they can't sue uh, their employer. So the economic motivation for this is that businesses won't reopen if they're too scared of getting sued, which I can definitely have some appreciation for. I think we we all can. Um, but Mitch McConnell is warning there could be a second pandemic of litigation. And his sort of way to address that possibility is yeah, by basically taking away any possibility employees have to sue their employers for malfeasance or for not uh, keeping a healthy workplace. It also feels like a misuse of the word pandemic given the current circumstances. Like really, that's what you want to, that's the phrasing you want to use, you fucking asshole? Okay. Yeah, I feel like we can't use pandemic. Like never should the word for be after pandemic. A pandemic refers to a- yeah virus and pathogens and disease. What we're There's experiencing no, right. right now. <laughs> Pandemic four is no longer like an acceptable metaphor, I don't think. Sorry, Mitch. Um, so yeah, everything is basically paused. Um, in the case of the meat processing plans, OSHA has only issued voluntary guidelines, not mandatory. So if, you know, if a meat processing plant, a lot of them have not reopened yet, even though they technically might have to or be urged to eventually, but um, they... Basically, OSHA is saying, here are the guidelines. We strongly urge you to put them in place, but they don't have to. And if an employee gets sick, the company can sort of say like, oh, yeah, we put in these, those guidelines were voluntary. So there's sort of all of these behind the scenes sort of tweaks that Republicans want to do to basically shield companies from any liability um, if they get sick. And they're trying to make it seem like everybody's going to be, you know, looking for a personal injury attorney after this, trying to get rich off getting coronavirus. Um, but that's not the case. And most people that know a lot about this type of thing don't believe that's the case. Um, this is going to be hung up for a while because a lot of lawyers, a lot of union representatives and workers' rights advocates are not going to let this happen. Um, it's something that would set a really bad precedent for employer responsibility for their employees' health. And I hope it doesn't happen. But the Senate is controlled by Republicans. However, pretty much any relief bill is going to have to be acceptable to the Democratic-controlled House, which is very mm -hmm. insistent on them. Um, I don't know how you can say states and localities shouldn't get money. Like, yes, you should have to lay off all your nurses and first responders for when we inevitably have a second wave in the fall. Yeah, what, that makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, Mitch McConnell comes from a state that puts less money into the national um, economy than most other, than any, like, any, like most other states, you know what I mean? Like it takes more as opposed to giving out, as opposed to like California and New York, for example. Right, right. And he's the one that called these bailouts, even though. Yeah. And they keep talking about like how people can potentially, you know, um, be making more money if they get mm -hmm. unemployment. And it's like, and then AOC tweeted like, well, maybe they should be making more money if they can, you know, exactly. <laughs> like out before all this. I don't know. It's all just crazy. And it's crazy that it's even like a conversation to be had that, you know, um, if, if you're an employee and you get sick from the coronavirus, you should be getting paid and you should, uh, you know, probably yeah. have your medical bills paid for. Right. It makes it so that people 
have to decide between going to work either sick or going to work where they will probably get sick. I mean, we were talking about these meat processing plants. The reason they're not open is because they sickened as many people as, as some prisons did because they did nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Smithfield one in South Dakota, the outbreak was insane. And these are the companies that you're saying, that it's like, eat a fucking veggie burger, America. It's fine. They're still going to have to euthanize like like hundreds of thousands of hogs. I know. Um, I feel bad about that. (laughs) I know. It's like, oh, it's great. I was like, great. People aren't eating as much meat. It's like, okay, but they have to kill the pigs anyway. Yeah, I know. Um, It is. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. A lot of maddening, maddening. I just can't believe that they're, you know, forcing a hundred old people to come back. Uh, to talk about things that are not important. Like they're also, yeah, they're also going to take another look at John Ratcliffe who (laughs) they already said no to. I mean, I I was at first relieved when I saw this because I, I know that Trump was going to use some sort of loophole to try to jam these confirmations through himself. And even the, even though the Senate is controlled by Republicans, I mean, they did stop John Ratcliffe before. Um, So I thought this was good, but then I was like, Oh, they're not going to do anything that will be useful to the American people. Yeah. Terrific. We are less than six months away from the presidential election now. November, oh, that's the November right. election. Woo! Bananas. 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 All right, Brian. Until the end of COVID-19, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Daily Coronacast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Bernie Levine. The SUP is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com. Betches.